Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Truths We Hide podcast. Today's guest is Richard Kaufman. He is a veteran, a father, a husband, a survivor, and the founder of The Comeback Coach. Take a listen to his story as he tells how he overcame struggle and how he's using that to help other people find their way. Hi, Richard. How are you today? Good. How are you? Amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Are you feeling any better? I am. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, that was weird. It's a weird spell. Not sure what was going on with that. As long as you're feeling better, that's all that matters. Yes, thank you. I'm still going strong at the gym, so like two-week streak. Keep going. (laughs) I am. I am. Um, well, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really excited that you're, you're on here. Thank you so much. Oh, um, it's my honor. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's grateful. No, you're so awesome. Um, so tell us what you currently do. Um, I am, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. I got a new phone, so I'm still trying to figure out all the kinks. (laughs) Um, I am known as the comeback coach because I help people that are struggling with depression, post-traumatic stress, uh, traumatic brain injuries, or any health or fitness or addiction related issues. And I also run a million dollar general nutrition center and I'm in the process of helping my friend rebuild his gym, which will be having a grand opening next month. That is so exciting. I wish I was closer to Jersey. Man, yeah, I mean, so that's... It, it's fun. It seems like everything I do, I'm helping somebody do something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do for yourself then? Uh, well, spend time with my bride Yes. Uh, and my children. That's my main priorities. And <clears throat> I read a lot. Um, I'm still a kid, so I still play video games at night before I go to bed. <laughs> um. I, like I said, reading is my passion and, uh, mostly just helping other people. That That's my, that's what I find joy in life in now. Yeah. So how did you come to feel so passionate about helping other people? How was your life like growing up? Well, I just want to tell you a quick story before we get going. Cause I don't want to forget. Sure. Um, sure. Last night I get a phone call. Um, somebody said, Somebody needs to talk to me. And I was like, okay. One of my, some, one of my friends sent somebody else a, a video I made yesterday of um, talking about suicide and depression on my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the guy was just about to uh, overdose and take um, all his medication with a bottle of whiskey. And after watching the video, he decided he didn't want to commit suicide. And he uh, reached out to me today. Oh my God. So, uh, and I think he said the three words that changed him not to want to commit him to commit suicide last night was I said that uh, the three most important words in the English language are today I decided. Wow. And today he decided he didn't want to be that guy anymore. So that was pretty cool that that, that happened today. So I was just so excited to tell somebody about it. That's really 
impactful, Richard. Oh my gosh, I can't, I, I can't imagine what you're feeling. Yeah, it's just it's, you know it is. It's more grateful, and yeah. and um, I told him I said you know he's like you know everybody's telling me I need to do this and I need to do that. He said, well, "What do you want me to do?" I said, "I want you to grab your wife's hand, kiss her on the forehead, and just go for a long walk, and you don't even have to say anything to her, and that'll be the the way just to start restarting your life over again." And they went and did that today. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's amazing. Thank you for being there for people. No, somebody was there for me many times in my life. So that now it's, I'm just paying it forward. Like you are. Right. Oh my gosh. Yep. So So what, what brought you to all this? Well, uh, I've had so many ups and downs, um, you know, father left at three months old, very, grew up very poor. Um, mom was an addict, active addict. We moved like 10 times before high school. I quit high school at the age of 16, joined the military at 17, got thrown out uh, for drug abuse and alcoholism. Uh, almost went to jail for five years for robbing a police officer. Um, and I got clean in 1989. I'm clean. 31 years now. Oh my God. Something like that. Um, and, um, and then I rejoined the military. Um, I was about to be thrown out again for just being uh, a moron, put it that way, without cursing on your show. <laughs> and uh, 9-11 happened. And because I, you know, we knew people that were in the towers, uh, something changed in me, something broke in me. And I decided that day that um, I couldn't save anybody that day. But uh, if I had a career, which I was due to be discharged again on uh, September, the end of September of 2001, um, I, if I had a career left, I was going to dedicate the rest of my career, my life to helping people that can't help themselves. And I went and beg, begged my company commander, my first response, my first, um, my CEO, and for some, they seen they seen something in me, and they decided to keep me. And uh, I finished with over twenty years military time, became soldier of the year, became a non commissioned officer, and then I got hurt on duty, and I lost my vision, and I lost my uh, my career on the same day, and I got into a deep deep dark depression, and then I decided, you know what? I've been through the alcoholism. I've been through the drug addiction, been through the homelessness. Uh, now I have PTSD, TBI, blind. And I figured, you know what? This is just something else I have to come back from. And I went and actually got help at the VA, which the VA here in New Jersey is awesome. Um, I still go see the doctor. I still uh, see her every six months. And then one of my friends, Donnie Boyven, had me on his podcast one day. And I was telling him about my story and, you know, what I do now. You know, I told him I, I still work with players from like the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, WWE. And I started telling him about my backstory. And he's like, and I kept trying to talk about what I'm doing now, you know, with work and everything. He's like, no, no, keep going back to the, the deep stuff. He says, because that's what people need to hear. He said that there's a thousand other fitness guys out there. 
Yeah. He's like, you've been through a lot of crap in your life. He said, and some people need to hear that it's okay uh, not to be okay and that they can make it through it and you can be that guiding light. And immediately my life changed at that moment. And that's when I decided to write the book. That's when I started to start my own podcast, my own Facebook live show. And my goal became to uh, save a million lives. And if I can, you know, if I can change one person, you know, if I can help change a person's decision not to commit suicide, then I've changed the world. Yeah. Now, you know, I just want to be there like you. You know, I just want to be there, you know, um, because people can only help somebody if they've been in it, if they've been in the crap. You know, you can't tell somebody, you know, that it say is, has never been in combat about being in combat unless you've been in combat. Right. You know, and just like me and you, you know, we know how it is to be depressed, yeah. how it is to feel alone. And so we, we can actually talk to people and know what we're talking about and not just BSing them, you know? Right. That's very and that's, so that's how the whole comeback coach started morphing. And then I just started meeting all these awesome people like yourself and the people at MIC, at MIC 2019. And then, you know, just some, so many great things just started happening. So that's where it all began. That's incredible. Now for everybody else, the, the MIC was the military influencer conference here that was here in DC in September. And uh, I was, I've been following Richard and Robert and Trish and all these amazing people on Facebook for so long, but I, you know, made it a point to go to this conference because I wanted to see these people in person. And it was just like, it, it was incredible to see all of you guys face to face. I was, I was so excited. It yep. Was, and I, and really I told good. everybody, I said, if you know me and if I meet you, everybody's getting a hug. <laughs> and some <laughs> of the people were kind of put off like Stephen Coon. He was like, that's kind of weird, but I'm like, hey, I told, <laughs> I told you, that's the kind of guy I am now. I'm a hugger. So yes, <laughs> I get like that too. I just you get so excited to see them, and then you just, you know, life is too short. And then you know, you know what? I actually had somebody message me like uh, a week afterward. He's like, you know what, Rich? He said, that's the first time I've been hugged by a man since I've been a teenager. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, you don't realize how much personal contact is not out there anymore. Right. You know, everything's text or call, you know, not even phone calls, just text or email or, you know, not even just give people giving hugs anymore. So that, that's one of the things I do. I tell everybody, if you're going to meet me, you're getting a hug. <laughs> so I think it's awesome. So just I love that. Just be prepared. Yeah. We have to remind people of that because you're right. It's all about technology. Everybody's face is in their in their uh, devices. You know, I I make sure to give my my son. He's like I don't know. I'm I'm five four. He's five eleven now, and I still try to give him a hug because that you know I don't care. We're, we're, you're gonna get a hug. You've been getting hugs all your life. I don't care if you're seventeen. You're getting a hug too. Yeah. You just have to re- you have to remind them of that, you know, to be affectionate and yep. makes a difference. So that's why now I'm people ask me, well, are you the same guy you, you see on social media? I'm like, yep. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the same goofy guy 
<laughs> you're going to see wherever I am. There is no difference. <laughs> and now you have one daughter or two? I have two teenagers, a 17-year-old boy, 15-year-old boy, and I have a 7-year-old daughter. She'll be 8 next week. Oh, my god! And my son is actually looking at – he's on a college trip, campus trip right now in Florida. That's awesome. Yep. So I got three three great kids. And I don't say just their mind because, you know, my son is graduating high school with a 4.05 GPA. Oh, my God. My other son's a freshman, and he's in all uh, high school honors. My daughter, she's a little troublemaker, so she's like me. So, <laughs> so I let it go. So what do you – how do you tell them – I'm sure they've seen you through some of your struggles – have you sat down and talked to them about, you know, how, how you overcame it? Cause I know with me, you know, my son and my daughter both see me in my really dark places and I decided to not, you know, to just accept the fact that I, that I have depression or, or PTSD or anxiety. I had to make sure that I told them that, you know, this is what mom has gone through, but it's, you know, I'm going to have my days, but it's okay. And it's okay to talk about it. And I just had to show them that you can come back from it. Did you, have you done that with your kids or what do you think? I mean, they seem like amazing kids. They're so oh, strong they're, and resilient. Yeah, and they got their mother's brain. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, well, my kids, they knew, well, my oldest, they knew me before I became blind. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've been there through that. But even when they were younger, like when I would go to my AA meetings, Mm -hmm. I would always stop and get Dunkin' Donuts on the way home. Mm -hmm. So whenever they ever, uh, hopefully whenever they get an image of somebody going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, it's going to be a good memory. So it's not going to be anything, you know, not that negative stigma. You know, plus my kids, my, my oldest boys, they both read my book. And that was that was the reason I wrote the book is so when my daughter gets older, she can know, you know, what daddy went through and and why he is the way he is and, you know, why he does what he does today. Because whatever like I was talking to the gentleman today, I said most traumas that we act out as adults happen, stuff that happens between the ages of three and 14. Mm -hmm. So and I want my kids to know, you know, where I came from and what I've overcome and, you know, why daddy's always reaching out and talking to other people and uh, why are you guys always on, on these Facebook lives and, you know, <laughs> why, why are you guys always doing something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. This way they have an, of an understanding why, you know, right. if you, if you teach a, t- just, you just tell a ch- child something and they don't know the reason why they're never going to get it. Yeah. So, yeah. So That's it's, fun. you know, it's fun. Yeah. No, that's great. And what do they say about your book? They're, well, my wife won't read it because yeah. if my my wife will get so mad at my mother because she mm-hmm. knows of all the abuse and everything because it's in the right. book. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, if I read it, then I'll just write your mother off completely. Oh, no. So she's like, she won't even read it. Yeah. You know, but the kids were like, okay, I, I see where you're at. You know, I can, I understand, you know, how uh, you've come back. And what your mentality is like, you know, that you still have that, me- that military men- mentality in a lot of ways. You know, if you're five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late, you know, they still <laughs> they still call it Kaufman time. 
<laughs> but you know, they're they're good with it. You know, they and they know like my son, where they're both on Facebook, so they, they see my lives, they see my interviews. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing I want them to be proud of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I'll have my son will come in. Yeah, I guess the comeback coach did something today, didn't he? <laughs> so it's it's a positive thing, you know. I, I kind of now they now they have their friends watching my videos on YouTube, so it's fun. <laughs> no, it's it's good. I think it's so important to teach your kids how you come back from something so tragic in your life, and that way they know that it's you know it's okay to talk about it. It's not something to be ashamed of it's it happens but you're you're better now yeah but now you know like my mentor ed milet you know when we talked me and him he says rich he said you know what he says anything that ever happened in your life did not happen to you it Mm. happened for you oh wow no matter what it was he says because god never worst never wastes a hurt he says so everything is a teachable moment so whatever happened to you happened for you, not to you. He says that's when you change your mentality from a victim mentality to a victor mentality. That's really powerful. I never thought about it that way. I knew that we went through things for a reason, but I just never thought about the to you part and not the for you part, not the to you part. Yeah, so it's kind of it, it kind of flipped my way of thinking about things, you know. Yeah. So like somebody was asking me, you know, how do you feel about being blind? You know, do you ever ask why did it happen to me? I'm like, no. Why would it happen to me? Am I that special where bad things aren't going to happen to me? Mm. So I just flipped the script. I flipped the script. Yeah. You know, I turned it into a positive. Wow. Because oh now I can help other people that are not that can't see. Yeah. So it happened for me, not to me. Right. Right. You have a great attitude. I really appreciate that because it's it's hard. It's hard sometimes to stay so positive. Well, I mean, of course, we all get down, you know, mm-hmm. but then something crazy will happen. Like somebody will reach out and say, you know, I just watched your video and mm-hmm. it was awesome. And you're like, OK, then it's worth, you know, worth what we're doing. Because sometimes right. you just feel like you're just throwing pebbles in the ocean. Right. You know, and you feel like, why am I doing this? It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking to a microphone. It's stupid. <laughs> you know, but then when you hear somebody say, wow, you know, it's, it kept me from blowing my head off last night. Yeah. Then it's worth it. Then what me and you are doing is it's all worth it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. No, you're right. Because you don't know who's listening, who's watching and who's reading. You, you don't know. Yeah, and the the hard thing is, there's always somebody watching, so you yes. can't really screw up. You know what I mean? You can't like I used to just post anything on my Facebook page. I'm like, well, if I got six thousand people looking at it every day, not <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can still be, you know, make mistakes and be goofy and all that. You just. Uh, you know, just be yourself still. That's just, that's just who you are. I, but oh, definitely, yeah, I but it's like, you know, you see these people that, you know, say if they're uh, uh social, they're people, you know, they're, they're well-known and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're putting political stuff on their pages and I'm like, yeah. Oh no. 
No, no don't do you that. Know. It's like you're gonna, <laughs> either way, you're going to piss off fifty percent of the people. Right. You know, I tend to stay away. So, I, I stay away from political stuff. <laughs> I don't do any of that stuff on my page. And, no. And if there's anything negative on my page, you're out of there. Right. I will block you in a minute. You're done. Right. You know? Yeah, we got we got to keep it under control. We can't be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Oh, I was just going to ask you something. <coughs> oh my goodness. So how long have you been the comeback coach? Two years ago, almost to the day two years ago. So, and no, I have not made any money from what I'm doing. Right. Um, even my book, all the proceeds go to help um, veterans and first responders that are struggling with uh, PTSD. So everything, it's its not a moneymaker. Believe me, if you become yes. a coach, there's the first couple of years, it's just trying to get the word out there about what you do. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's still two, it's been two years. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm just still learning, you know, just learning how to, you know, interview people. You know, like I, I tell people, they're like, every time they come on their show, they're like, when I get off, they're like, did you have to go that deep? I was like, Hey, I'm the male, I'm the male Oprah. I'm going to go deep. Except you don't get a car at the end of the show. So, you know, no, I think yeah, I think it's important to to talk about stuff like that because it's there are so many stigmas out there that shy people away. They're just they're afraid that they're going to be judged. And you know, we I know you and I are trying to create a community and a safe space to have people talk about it because they're not alone. They're not the only well, like ones when I had Tammy on the show, and, Tammy Moses, and she started mm-hmm. crying on the show, and she's like, "I didn't think oh. you were going that deep." I was like, but the reason is people will see Tammy or even like when I have you on the show, people will see mm-hmm. one side of Annette. I want people to mm-hmm. see the real you and to know your why. Right. You know, because once mm-hmm. you know your why, you can help, you'll figure out your how. But not until we right. know who you really are. You know, and there are certain yeah. people, I'm not going to name any names, that they're one way on social mm-hmm. media and totally different in the outside world. And when I interview somebody, right. I want the people watching, you know, to, to know the pain that they went through, you know, cause people, that's when mm-hmm. people can relate is when they see and feel the pain. You know what I mean? I did, like, if, right. like I got told by my mentor, when you go, when I go speak in front of people, 99% of the people are not going to remember what I said. But a hundred percent of the people mm-hmm. remember how I made them feel. Yeah. So exactly. if I can, you know, when we're doing our shows, if we can make them, if we can touch their soul somehow, then we've done our job. Absolutely. So. Yes. I sorry about the tangent, but two years. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, it's it's important for people to know that because you're right. Social media is. It can be so ugly and it's not always true stories. And that's, what's hard is, you know, we're trying, some people want people to believe, you know, a certain way about them, but you know, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm not having a good day, you know, and just be, just be honest because it's okay. We're, 
we all have our days too. But you know, but I that's mean, also you know, like I get messages all the time, and people are like, "You're just so relatable." You know, mm-hmm. people because they 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 said you know, I feel like we could just sit down and have a cup of coffee at a diner and BS. And that's what mm-hmm. you want. You know, that's the only way people are going to yeah. open up. Right. You know, if you're going to be a coach and you're going to coach at people instead of, mm-hmm. you know, them opening up to you and telling you how they feel inside, then you can't have that harsh, you know, that Dr. Phil kind of attitude. You know, <laughs> you can't just say you're so yes. stupid. You know, <laughs> No, you can't do that. That doesn't help. <laughs> so some people, you know, I take the, the approach where, you know, I'm, I'm just that low that guy that will talk low and i just you know want to get to know who you are you know then you then the person will open up and tell you everything you you know they they want they'll let everything out if you're Mm -hmm. relatable but if you're not relatable it's you know you see guys like grant cardone he's great Mm -hmm. on the stage but would you want to actually go out to dinner with him no you know (laughs) you're like no he's arrogant he's prick (laughs) you know We have too many of those in the world. We need some real, genuine, down-to-earth people who can be relatable. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, <laughs> people like you, you know, like Tammy Moses, Mark Dudek, you know, Robert Garcia, the, everybody that we're associating with, they're all down-to-earth, relatable people. Yeah. I think that's what ha- has helped me so much in the past two years is being surrounded, whether it's virtually or not being surrounded by positive people that actually care and understand and they're willing to, you know, take time out and talk to you. I think that's what's really, it makes such a huge impact. It's such a different feeling. Definitely. Yeah. I just, you know, even with Rob reaching out every once in a while, you reach out. I talk to Tammy sometimes, Trish, it doesn't matter. They're all, yeah, it's just such a, it's just a different world, and we need more of that. Yeah, but it's like we have our own little tribe. We do, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. We need to just keep keep creating a bigger space for those type of people because it does. It just changes you to be surrounded by positivity, yeah. not so much negative stuff that's going on in the world. It's just so, it's just so hard, you know. Yep. But um. And so you you released your book last year, January right? yeah, January first of two thousand nine. So far, it's got like thirty five uh, five star reviews. That's and like amazing. I said, it's uh, and it's ninety nine cents. If you don't have a buck, then you don't have to have a smartphone. If you don't even have a dollar, <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's, true. it's on Kindle, and one hundred percent of the proceeds go to a place called joint task force 22 to zero. So I don't see any money. It goes right to them to help save veterans lives. How was it for you to write that book? Uh, Scary. Yeah. Um, It was very cathartic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I had to call some people and be like, all right, I was too drunk to remember this. (laughs) What really (laughs) happened? (laughs) So they would actually say, okay, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And then once I told my family I'm writing a book, everybody's like, am I going to be in it? What'd you say about me? <laughs> it's like, is are all our secrets coming out? Everybody started, you know, crapping a brick. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not about you. I'm not naming anybody except for, you know, 
certain people. And, you know, but it was, I, and the funny thing is I'm, I'm a, um, a low tech redneck. So <laughs> I actually had to, I wrote it down, everything out on a yellow piece of paper. <laughs> and then I called Donnie and I'm like, all right, I wrote it out on a piece of paper. He's like, you did, he did what? He's <laughs> like, you know, you could just talk into your phone. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, and then Robert helped me, uh, edit it and help me, uh, get it out there. So. But then after I wrote it, it was just like, you know what? That part of my life is over now. You know, this is to new beginnings. So it so was kind of just it was just a way of just putting everything, all the dirty stuff I ever did, put it out there. So I don't ever have to worry about it coming back to me again. So is that why you wanted to write it? It's because you just wanted to. It's almost like just getting it off your chest. Well, and not only that, it's just, you know. I, I want to be able to when my grandkids and my great grandkids are alive to be able to look back and read a book and say, well, that was what grandpa was about. That's, that's what grandpa went through. So you're leaving a legacy. Well, you know, when I met Gary V and we hung out for a little while, mm-hmm. that was his main message to me was your legacy will always be more valuable than your currency. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started living my life by the last two years is, you know, building, building a legacy. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And I just, how did you keep faith? Cause I know throughout my journey, I, I was mad at God for a while because I didn't understand. And I, I don't, I didn't stop believing. I just stopped having faith that he was doing this for a reason. I was so mad. How did you keep that faith? How did you do that? Well, I, I've always had a faith in God. Mm-hmm. But I was always told, even from when I was younger, that if you are away from God, you're the one that moved. He doesn't move. He's always there. So you're the one that walked away from him. And then when I decided to, and I was telling a guy today, I said, once you take accountability of your life and admit anything that ever happened in your life from now until the day you die is your fault. Once you become accountable, then everything else in your life turns around. Because now you can no longer say, well, I had a bad past. I had a bad childhood, you know, and... And now you just have, I just had to learn to be accountable. And that was even to be accountable with my God. You know, I had to come to him and say, listen, you know, everything I done, you see it, you know, I can't talk my way out of it. And, and now a lot of it's just, you know, I just ask for forgiveness and, uh, and I, I stand on grace. You know, cause I mean, yeah. you know, he's already seen it. He knew yeah. what we were going to do before we did it. Right. But I figure, you know, like when I had to forgive a lot of people in my past and everybody was like, well, how can you forgive them? I was like, yeah, but God forgave me. So how can I not forgive somebody else? That's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yeah. it's, you know, a lot of people think, you know, God or it's, a, it's about religion. It's not. It's about relationship. You know, he wants to be either he's all in on your life or he's all out. 
You know, you can't have step. You can't be at the club on Saturday night and be at church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> you know, it's, it's like being, it's like you can't be half pregnant. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like either you are or you're not. So same thing, same thing with God. It's like either you, he's all in or he's all out. You're so right. Half pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. You're right. Because he's, he's always there. It's just that we... we we're the uh, ones that move away. Right. So, right. But then we also look back and we're like, man, I, things could have been so much worse if he didn't yeah. pick me up and get me through it. That's true. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. So life is good. I I love your positivity, honestly. It's just um you don't meet many people who have gone through rough patches, really, really rough patches, and then have them come out um such an amazing human on the other side. It it's it's so hard. So but, I Well, you know what I find a lot is if I'm feeling really down, and this is being honest and straight up. I will go to the VA clinic and see the people that really got it bad. That's really great. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. somebody told, once told me that the man with no shoes can't complain to the man with no legs. Oh, gosh. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like if I think I'm having a bad day, I, I go down to the VA clinic or I go to a rehab center and think about where I've come from. And I'm going to think, like, okay, right. I don't have it that bad. Life is good. You're right. You're absolutely right. I've been trying to, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas Day, I took, well, for Thanksgiving, I took my son <coughs> to to feed the homeless. And on Christmas Day, I took my son and my daughter, because she came up from college, to go feed the homeless. Because I wanted them to see how other people are living. You know, it, it, it's so it's so hard. It's just heartbreaking to me sometimes because, you know, we complain about little things in the house. Well, not everybody has a house. They're living out of a tent and it's snowing and it's cold. And they are, we're so appreciative of that little slice of pie, that jacket, that pair of socks, that, you know, all those little things. And I just, I just, you know, I, I wish I could do more. And, and I'm glad that there's organizations out here that do that. So I, that's, one of my goals well, is to be more involved. Well, see, like the thing is, like, where from where I'm sitting right now, I'm only three miles away from the same place where I sat and slept in my car for a year and a half. Oh my god! And I drive by it like once a week, just to yeah. remind myself, you know. And then, like this Sunday, we're doing a thing for veterans. We're feeding feeding veterans, and we're also giving them free business clothes, um, helping with their resumes just to try to get them back on their feet. And when you go to see people like that, you know, they're just happy that you're helping them out with food. And I come home and I'm like, wait a minute, I have a landscaper and I got somebody that comes clean the house, (laughs) you know? Right. And I, one point I was homeless living in a car eating out of dent cans. Life is good. Life is real good. So even if, you know, you just have, you know, and I think if your audience, when, if they're still listening, hopefully you guys are, <laughs> uh, just stay humble and stay, yes. and stay teachable. 
you know, because um, just find role models and find mentors. Because I was talking to a psychologist last week and they said, did you know that you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most? And I was like, yeah, I've heard that before. He's, yeah. like, he's like, yeah, but did you know that your brain does not know the difference between if you're talking to somebody live or if you talk or if you're hearing them through their earphones from a, uh, from a lecture or from a talk, your brain doesn't know the difference. Hmm. So if you have those five people, even if they are entrepreneurs or millionaires, your brain actually starts thinking like them after a while because they become part of the, your five. So even if it's just your podcast, your brain does not know the difference. So, you know, some people say, well, I don't know any high level people, but you don't have to know them in reality. Your mind does not know the difference. Right. So it's a little bit of a little tad bit of information yeah. I learned. No, that's very interesting. I, I did hear that, but I did not know about the last part that you just said, because I, yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think that's, I think that might be one of the reasons why podcasts are so popular now because you listen to it and you start, you know, it's starting to go through your brain and you're, you're learning and constant listening to other people talk. It's such a great thing nowadays. I, I didn't, you know, I never realized how much podcasts are actually helpful if you find the right ones. Yep. <laughs> and, um, even some YouTube videos, you know, just listening to those too, because there's a lot of great people on there as well. You're on there too, yeah. Yeah. So, because if you know, even if you start just listening to say one person, mm -hmm. say for three weeks or a month, mm -hmm. you'll start picking up their speech, pat speech patterns in your own talk. Yes. Because your mind doesn't know that they're not real people. They're not. I mean, they're not your friends. Right. And mm -hmm. you and you start talking like the people that you hang out with the most. Mm -hmm. so even if it's just podcasters or talk shows that's the way you're going to start thinking and talking yeah that's really interesting yeah. <laughs> well Richard it's uh, honestly I, I thank you so much for being on here I, I learn a lot from you all the time and I, I really appreciate it's been a wild ride right <laughs> it sure has it sure has and I really, and I, by the way, I, I just wanted to say this before we got it off. I really <laughs> love the post you did yesterday. Oh, that really touched my heart. So I just I, wanted to know, say thank you. I appreciate your words because that, that was a hard one. That was a hard one for me to put. Um, I, I did get some responses offline about it. But I said, you know what? That's It's real. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's what people love about you. That's why people are going to be drawn to you like a like moth to a flame. I gosh, well, thank you, thank you for that. Um, I think that's what's what we need to do. We just we show our authentic selves because it's no, I'm not ashamed of hiding it anymore. So, and I think that's what's amazing about you too is you telling your story, no matter how hard it was, but you overcame it, and now you know your passion is to help others through it. And I think that's what's, I think that's what's so amazing. And and I really I thank God for for helping us through that because really it, it's without him i don't or even all you guys i don't know where i would have been today so well if you guys are listening to this and you ever want to get in touch with me all you got to do is hashtag the comeback coach it'll come up on social all my social media and it's free so all you got to do is hashtag the comeback coach and it comes up to 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, everything on one hashtag. All over. I love it. I love how far you've come. And it's free. (laughs) It is free. I I love free. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, have an awesome week. You You take care of yourself. You too. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Keep doing doing the good things you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.